top, top, top of the morning elation to spark the brain. Everybody get up! Get on, get on! Live from Cape Town. Cape Town. Yo, turn it up! Feeding your mind and soul in the company of friends. In the company of friends. Wake up, everybody. Welcome to Breakfast with Friends. 13 minutes past 8 o'clock. Time for us to get into today's story of hope. And we are super excited to welcome to the studio and to this broadcast none other than Mads Dasel. Thank you so much for your time, Mads. Really appreciate it. And uh, super excited that we get to hear your personal testimony. Uh, just 15, 20 minutes ago, we were chatting to Mads about her book and pastoral care. But I think it's so important for everybody to hear your personal testimony. Take it away, please, Mads. So, yeah, there's, uh, there, there's actually layers to um, our stories, and, uh, and I hope everyone can relate to that. And I think my story started at the age of kind of 16, realizing that I was not coping. Um, there was a part of me that was emotionally dead. I remember uh, I actually um, asked to see a counselor, and uh, it took me six months to build up the courage to see her because I was petrified of the process. I remember phoning and hanging up. Thank goodness back in those days there was no caller ID and no cell phones. Um, but my, my counselor kind of helped me unpack a lot of the mindsets that I had developed in my childhood. You know, one of the things I'm aware of, even as a counselor today, is that the enemy will use every opportunity to speak lies over a person's identity. And I remember at the age of about 12, being utterly convinced that I was adopted, that my mom wasn't my real mom. We had a very um, dysfunctional relationship. Um, and I was so convinced as a 12-year-old that I was adopted that I actually went looking for my adoption papers. Uh, I never got to find them. I did find my parents' marriage certificates and my birth certificates and discovered that they were six months apart. And it was a very um, kind of key moment in my life because at that point, the enemy spoke into me and he said, you're a mistake. And, you know, the only power the enemy has over us is if we agree with his lies. And in that moment, I agreed with the statement, I must be a mistake. That's why I feel like I don't belong. And so that started the, started a, a, a trajectory to a mindset of kind of destructiveness and the sense of despair, feeling like there's something wrong with me. I don't belong. I'm unlovable. Uh, and this was these were kind of very dysfunctional mindsets to have, especially when you enter into your teenage years. And so I became incredibly insecure. I used to stutter. Um, I wasn't very good with academics, which kind of compounded that. Uh, home life wasn't great. I was in a blended family environment where I was the only child from my parents, but now in a home with children from, from my stepdad. And so it just kind of added layer upon layer of, I don't belong, I'm not wanted, I'm a mistake. Um, and so, yeah, at the age of 16, when I entered into counseling, I remember there were times in counseling where I simply couldn't cry. And it felt like this wall that I'd built around to protect myself, which I know now as a defense mechanism, just kept me in bondage. Um, and my journey kind of happened over many years. First of all, it was reaching out for counseling help. Um, and my counselor was really significant in so many ways, which I speak about in my book, 
but the, it's, it's incredible the power of just one person when you allow them into that space for healing. And I remember she refused to charge me for counseling, which was really significant because money was a big thing in my mom's world and there was nothing for free when it came to her. Um, and so the fact that a stranger offered me kindness uh, and also my best friend at school was a, was a, um, a Christian and her family were Christians and they would, they would offer to fetch and carry me to church or to kind of play dates and I would want to pay them for these trips. And they were like, no, this is normal. And I didn't understand because in the home I grew up with, I paid for everything. And now I was getting kind of just this free gift. And so, so yeah, it started to introduce me to the concept that there was a God who loved and was unconditional. And I didn't understand this, but I was curious and hungry for something different. And so I pushed into the space and, um, and slowly but surely through the journey, God just started to speak into different spaces in my world. I remember as a, as a girl, there was this deep yearning in my heart to know what it was like to be able to sit on a dad's lap and feel their love and to feel their arms around them and the safety and the protection of a father. Because of divorce, I didn't get to see my dad as regularly as I'd liked. Um, and so he was a, a man whose name was dad, but I never knew the intimacy of a father in my childhood years. And so there was this hole, this emptiness. Um, and it's not something you go around telling people going, hey, you know, I have a desire to know what it's like to be cared for and nurtured by dad. And, it was in my mid-20s when I was living in the UK that I got to hear somebody um, speak on, uh, on a text that I'd never heard before in Scripture. It's in Deuteronomy 33, verse 12, where it talks about the love of a father. It says, Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, and the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. And I was like, wow, the desire of my heart in terms of what it means to be nurtured by a father is captured in Scripture. And scripture is saying that, that the beloved of the Lord rests with him. And so the transition sometimes for people where they don't have a good or a close relationship with their parents um, can make it hard for us to be able to receive that from our father, our, our heavenly father. And so when I learned about the scripture, it suddenly blew my mind that actually there is a heavenly father that loves me. And so I was able to start to transition into the space of learning to receive the fatherly love from my heavenly father. Fast forward a couple of years later, I was sharing this testimony at a, at a youth conference in the UK to a bunch of young girls. And um, at the end of the testimony, this woman came running up to me and she said to me, uh, I'm a prophetic artist and God gave me a picture to draw before the conference. And God told me that his daughter needed a picture of herself with her father um, to remind her of her position. Uh, this picture is actually in my book, um, and that was the picture that I was given. Uh, and again, when I received it, I just broke because I'm a very tactile person. I'm a very visual person. And the fact that God the Father knew that I needed a picture of myself with him just blew my mind and it it kind of solidified my relationship of seeing God as a father because he spoke so accurately into a deep emotional heart need um, and it was just yeah something I completely yearned for and to it kind of just 
took my relationship with God to a whole new level of trust, of intimacy, of just knowing that he, he really did knit me together, that he really does know every hair in my head, that he really knows the deepest yearning of my heart. Um, and so, so much of my journey now as a pastoral counselor is, is all about pointing people back to a right relationship with God, of encouraging people to vulnerably expose their deepest need, their deepest yearning of their heart, to lean in and trust that there is a father that knows you. He knows what it is. And if you just push into that space, he will, he will surpass all understanding. And, and, and he really does restore what the locusts have eaten. And so, yeah, that's just an aspect of my testimony in terms of how God uh, really met the deepest yearning of my heart as a, as a little girl and as a woman, um, that he is a father that he is a provider, that he is a protector, that he is a nurturer, that he is a comforter. Everything I yearn for in a father, um, he has been to me. And and my encouragement to anyone listening, um, that you don't have to stay living behind prison walls, that if you just trust and you allow him in, I can I can guarantee you that he will meet uh, the deepest yearnings of your heart. So that's that's um, that's my my story of of hope, uh, and I hope it gives you mm. courage as you lean in and trust with the deepest yearnings of your heart. Sure, no, it definitely does. And there's so much more, ladies and gentlemen, to Mads' story, and uh, she's captured it in a book, um, and you've got to go and check it out for yourself. Uh, again, the title of the book. Care for Wholeness, and care being an acronym. Just talk to us a little bit about that acronym, Mads, if you don't mind. Sure. The acronym stands for Creating Authentic Restorative Environments. Now, so often we find ourselves going through life experiencing moments where the enemy will speak lies or there will be actual rejection or betrayal or abandonment or whatever experience. And these environments hurt us. As, as the saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. But God also uses the body, the body of Christ, different people that, you know, kind of have journeyed themselves into maturity and wholeness that can be opportunities or spaces for healing. And I fully believe that when we invest in authentic restorative environments, we can find um, healing. And, you know, as I said, I didn't have a close relationship even with a mother. Um, and I remember one of the pastors from, from, from a local church that I used to work with spoke to me about how she would love to be a mom in my life. But at the same time, there are moments in her world where she's tired or broken or just has nothing left in her own tank. And that's when I realized I need to find five moms. I need to invest in community. I need to invest in restorative environments where I can lean into not just one body part, but the body of Christ. And through these spaces, we start to find healing and wholeness. And this can be from self-care in terms of receiving nuggets and tools from someone that we can apply, community care, leaning into restorative spaces, uh, small groups, support groups, recovery groups, grief share groups, whatever it is, leaning into these spaces because it's in those environments that God will use his body, others, to be instruments of healing in our own world. And this is where healed people can help others heal. 
And so uh, my book captures so many of these moments in my life where I had a choice to either shut down, pull away, and self-preserve because I was afraid, or to with courage to lean in and to receive opportunities that God was using other people's for in order to bring healing and hope in my life. But it, it does, it boils down to a choice because all behavior is driven by a need to connect or self-protect, and both of those can be destructive sure. or constructive, but it's our choice. Yeah. Yeah, so, so good. Mads, there's so much more that we can talk about and so much that we need to unpack. So I think we're going to definitely ask you to do that over the next couple of days um, because, yeah, there is so much to your story. But uh, let's end off this section with a prayer, if you don't mind. Sure. Father, we just thank you that you are indeed our Father, that you know us, that you are a provider, that you are a comforter, that you're a healer, that you want to be intimately involved in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that as those who are listening hear these words, I pray that you will meet them right now, wherever they are, that you will start to reveal your heart for your children. And I pray for courage. I pray for vulnerability that one would lean into those spaces of just taking our masks off and exposing our hearts to you. And Father, won't you just create divine appointments as you connect with with every listener right now, wherever they are. And we pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Mads, thank you so much your time really so great to be able to connect with you and looking forward to the rest of your story i love you lord oh your mercy never fails me all my days i've been held in your head Waking up has never felt this good. I love the music. music. Best music. Breakfast with friends on CCFM 107.5.